listening to I Feel For You, and this is episode six. I'm Dion, a human being based on Earth, most of the time spent between the UK and Norway, and sometimes on other planets too. It's just how it goes. I'm a creative coach, yoga and movement teacher, retreat sharer, event maker, writer, and experience creator. Essentially, I'm interested in supporting people to feel better in ways that are real and accessible and sustainable. This audio crevice is a place on the internet for us to talk to each other. Well, not exactly in real time, but near time and hopefully for us to ponder life and the weird stuff together. I'm so grateful that you're here. Friends, it's that time of year. January has been the longest. Winter fatigue. Who's done with it already? For many, it's a season where the energy is low, things are lagging, and there's the potential to feel, well, a bit stuck, cold, and lethargic. So this week, I thought I'd share seven ways that might help you to shift your state when in a fog and feeling some kind of way, along with other random explorations and embarrassing stories, of course. A little side note before we get involved, and that's an acknowledgement that seasonal affective disorder is real. So I recommend that If you suspect you're struggling with that, start off by checking out your vitamin D and iron levels in particular. I've experienced deficiencies of both of those things and it's not fun. But the good news is that it's easily rectified, so it's all good. And if you think that you're feeling more than a temporary seasonal fug and it's affecting other parts of your life, I really recommend speaking to someone and reaching out for help and support. Your mental health is important. You are important. And you deserve to take care of yourself and to feel better. So let's explore what to do if you're experiencing a seasonal fug. Ultimately, I'd really recommend that where possible, you give yourself a break. I mean, Remember that for many of us, it's deep winter. We're kind of meant to be hibernating or something, like gentle bears in cozy caves. So the fact that you're even awake and listening to this podcast is pretty radical. I salute you. So glorify the little things and talk to yourself nicely, okay? If you're feeling out of sorts, especially really tired or even utterly exhausted, there's often a tension to keep pushing on despite it. And I feel you and I've been going through something similar. And it usually ends up with feeling a mix of overwhelmed and guilty. The pressure to get it all done immediately, infused with some fermented guilt and not having had things done already. And for the record, A little shout out to all my non-coaching clients that are awaiting an email from me. I'm going to reach you this week. There's a lot on the plate for so many of us. 
And with all the echoes of New Year noise still lurking around, sometimes it can make us feel even worse. Like we're the only people that are experiencing this fug. But really and truly, I'm with you. Very hungry for sun and checking flights every day, then feeling worse because it can't happen. Then paralyzed in a state of, well, not doing very much at all. You know, like being in bed with the bed laptop state where you're working, but not really effectively because you're like on all the time. Side note, I wrote a blog post for you about that always being on. And I'll link that for you in the show notes if that's going on for you right now. And I really hope that that helps you to find a bit of balance between being on and switching off. So a reminder that in those moments of pushing against the resistance of exhaustion, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to take a step back. Usually when we're in some kind of weird limbo state of fug, fatigue and stickiness, it's because we're disconnected from ourselves in some way. I always know the signs in myself because they're pretty easy to spot. I get really restless and I want to be somewhere else immediately. I lose my voice and stop expressing myself. I mean, that's one area of my life that's the source of deep inquiry, to be honest, and hence why it's my word of the year. Expression. Do you do that? Have a word of the year? You know, like choosing a word or five to embody the meaning in the year ahead? I find it quite useful, to be honest. Even if, come September, I look back at the diary and I realise that I, I forgot to embody that thing again. But it's the intention that's important, surely? There is power behind making time to do something. Even if it's to give something attention simply by thinking about it. Anyway, in that limbo state of fug, I tend to shut down and I'm unable to utter much. I go into my head running over things in a way that's like a stuck record. And it tends to be comprised of stuff I should be doing, stuff I should have done already, and what a failure I am for not doing all the things. Sound familiar? Well, you're in the right place. And please, may I recommend asking your inner critic and all its friends to leave the room immediately. By the door or through the window or chimney, whatever works. The critical voices have taken up enough room already. And it's not that I'm trying to spiritually bypass the very real voices or feelings associated with the inner critic. Rather, I'm asking us to see the critic, to acknowledge it and tell it that it's had enough airtime on Shit FM. Thanks, Puffy, for giving name to the channel of useless and unhelpful drivel that pollutes the mind and hinders any creativity. And so for now, we're going to change the station. It doesn't mean that the voices will magically disappear, but instead we're offering up some time and space to focus on strategies and ways to feel better. For a more helpful voice to take the stage, to hold our attention for a while. Does that sound okay? Are you willing to do that a while? Let me tell you a little story. It's about survival and weather. Many of you know I'm based between the UK and Norway. I've lived full time in Norway for a number of years. The winter times there tend to last from October until May, roughly. 
and seriously that's eight months of dark days a lot of rain slush cold it's really an endurance test on a level i've never experienced before in fact there's video evidence of my complicated relationship with said weather i'll link you in the notes for a laugh i had swine bird and all the animal flus I was permanently cold and soggy. I got really sick and thought for a time that I had rickets. There's only a certain amount of rain that can warrant a pleasurable soundtrack of R&B water droplet sounds circa 1995 or so. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I made you a playlist, which you can get via the show notes. So Norway is where I took my relationship with self-care to the next level. Norway was a gift because... I stripped everything away. Everything I thought I knew. For example, I was a vegetarian when I moved there, but I experienced the struggle of being really hungry. Not only because I could barely afford to eat, hello, five pounds for a loaf of bread, but also the hunger in creating a lot out of not so much and just having to make it work somehow. I guess it's a kind of survival instinct. I learned to eat well for my own body, no one else's. I changed my diet dramatically, not to go on a diet you understand because I don't believe in them, but to really learn about my relationship to food, fuel, my body, nutritional support and vibrancy. It taught me so much, hence my advocacy for us all to explore what works for us whether that be with food or with things like yoga and wellness, self-care, work, pleasure, and so on. This is what drives me on so many levels. And it's really why I started officially coaching people because supporting others on their own journey to find what works for them is at the heart of everything that I do. Norway winters taught me about surviving and facing death really. In winter, when so much dies off and shuts down, we tend to see less people perhaps. And when we don't have folks around that can support us, we truly have to go back to source and to check that we're there for ourselves. To start from within, as they say. Norway taught me about dressing for weather. I had a pair of latex Primark wellies that I wore a lot, Defo not sponsored because I felt I smelt like a condom and also wasn't able to retain any warmth in my feet at all. It was unfortunate. I was able to go back to basics and try to find ways to feel better. To survive, but also to thrive. And you know what? After eight years, there are definitely some tools and techniques that I come back to time and time again that help me through the dark periods especially wintertime. Yet I know this is the kind of stuff that I will hopefully keep developing over a lifetime because who wants to stop learning or evolving? Not me. There were so many things that I learned from my time in Norway that I made a blog post about it in the hope that it might help someone. And it's imaginatively called Things That Norway Taught Me About Surviving Winter. And the link is in the show notes for that one. All the show notes can be found at ifeelforyoupodcast.com. I guess the point to me telling you this isn't to say, put yourself through things that feel really, really hard and then say, oh, it's okay, it does me good in the end. 
I'm sharing this because I feel it's more about encouraging you to work with what you've got, to be open to discovering new things that might differ from what you thought you knew about yourself and to trust that you can feel better in the difficult times, no matter how bad the weather might be. Not all of us can afford to have the opportunity to jet off somewhere sunny for a while, but there's lots of other stuff that might be accessible to you that you can do from where you are right now. So I hope that you're able to take something from this podcast and use it to bring yourself back to a place where you feel more connected to yourself. A little lighter, so to speak. Less fug, more feel good. So let's explore seven ways that might help to shift your state when in a fug and feeling some kind of way. First on the list is body work. I was going to call this section body party, but I felt it gave the wrong message. Check out Ciara's video for that, which I study at great lengths in the bathroom when having my bathroom discos. Anyway, body work. Literally shifting stuff out of your body can release tension on so many levels, and it's healthy to let stuff go simply because it's heavy to carry around. So whether you're trying to shake the new year hangover, or simply you're just feeling the fog of winter time, perhaps explore some body work. Be that massage, yoga, acupuncture, rolling around on the floor, dancing, shaking, whatever works for you. And for those who might find it useful, I have a YouTube channel with loads of different yoga videos on there in case that helps. I'll link you up with some specific practices I made for anyone who might be feeling some kind of way, including sadness, exhaustion, anxiety, wintry achness, and so on. The site for all the show notes is ifeelforyoupodcast.com, and this is episode six. With regards to bodywork, don't be afraid to experiment and explore and also to listen to your own inner body wisdom. The body's communicating with us all of the time, which is pretty amazing. It's like the opposite of shit FM. Sorry for swearing. Really and truly, this practice of tuning into sensation, experience and feeling has really helped me to listen better to what I need at any given time. So when I'm out of balance, I can listen for answers as to what's going to help me to feel better. Do you know what I mean? There's some particular rolling around on the floor practices that I love to do each day at home. They're more intuitive and meant to be open to exploration. Many of you who've ever been to one of my community yoga classes, workshops or retreats will know all about this stuff and what a weirdo I am when it comes to movement studies or, as I like to call it, rolling around on the floor somewhere. And the best thing about it is that it can be done anywhere, at any time, be it in bed or on some kind of strange floor space, when you're washing up or hanging out laundry, or even waiting for the bus, if you are so inclined. Anyway, turning into your body has the potential to transform the way that we feel. And it might not necessarily be in a linear way, like, for example going from sadness to happiness, or from apathy to motivation. 
it might be more like creating the opportunity to cultivate some empathy for yourself when you're feeling a bit rough or serve as a space to diffuse some icky feeling as you crawl around the house whilst wailing. Just me? Not sure if that's helpful, but you know, it's customizable. Customizable? Is that a word? Anyway, bodywork, yay. So on to idea number two to shift your state. Write it out. Okay, okay, morning pages. Please refer to episode five of the podcast where I bang on about it again. Apologies to anyone who's been following my blogging adventure since 2004. I feel that this is my most waffled about subject because I don't know why. It's that and Prince. Um, But maybe it's because it works as a formula, or at least it can work. But what about this exercise as an alternative? Take two pieces of paper. On one, try writing a stream of consciousness exercise. Blurt out everything that's feeling heavy, sticky, resistant, useless. It might be words or it might be a scribble or a drawing. And then take the other page and pause for a moment before writing and consider how you'd like to feel. What state would you like to be in? What are you doing, saying? Can you write that down? Because where attention goes, energy flows. So let's harness that goodness and put it to the page. Then go back to your first page. Get some crayons, pens, scissors, or whatever you like really, and deface that page according to your feels. Do you remember when you were at school and you'd press the pencils and pens into the paper as hard as you could and scribble freely? Just like that. Take the energy of fug and let it express itself onto that first page. Then take your second page and pin it somewhere. You'll see it or carry it around with you in your diary. I know I'm one of those kinds of people, but the key here is to keep it real and to remind yourself that it is possible to shift your state and to also hold space for yourself to feel better. The next idea to shift your state from winter fog is a warm bath. So many of you that have followed my journey moving to Scandinavia and experiencing multiple Nordic winters know that I've moaned pretty consistently about there not being baths as standard. Unless you live in a big old house, which I never had the pleasure of doing. Therefore, baths were a scarce luxury that were afforded only on special occasions when I visited a friend who had one. Is that weird? Visiting a friend to have a bath. It's my friend Poppy who started it. This is a Poppy Props podcast. I was back in the UK for my 30th birthday celebration in Bristol and for one of my gifts she ran me a bath with oils and petals and all sorts. Really and truly it's one of the best gifts I've ever been given and I recommend it. Those of you cynical about bath times, I see you and I've been you. Never before that moment did I get it but After steeping myself in that water like a tired tea bag and experiencing the simple pleasures of that luxe, I was changed, baptised in bathwater potential. It was glorious, and I still try to replicate that moment to be honest, but you know. So in my bath journey, I've had flings with all kinds of salts. 
Magnesium is forever bay, but I still flirt with sea salt, Himalayan salt too. And I was confused for a long time about the difference and really there isn't too much. Himalayan pink salt tends to be made up of a number of different minerals, whereas sea salt is more about the bread and butter. It's really about personal preference. Do your own research. Salt can be so healing and cleansing. You know, when you're younger and encouraged to put your healing wound in salt. Although I never really got why there's that phrase, salt in the wound, because it seems to imply a negative experience. Anyway, the point is, sea salt can be so great for our skin, very healing in many ways. So if that's your vibe, perhaps take it there. I'm a tender woman, so I really dig the way magnesium soothes my aches and pains, especially in the winter. So if that's your bag, get involved. And add to your bath whatever you like. I do enjoy oils, so depending on my mood and what I have in the house, I'll add a mix. My ultimate essential oil for baths is the Women's Balance Mix from Neil's Yard. They don't pay me to say that, but there you go. Anyway, there's loads of info on the internet about what different oils help with particular things, so that might be a good starting point for you. It's always a good idea to check if your essential oils are a blend or if they're pure. If they're a blend, you might find that they're already mixed with a base oil, which is usually pretty safe to add to your bath, for example. If it's a pure oil, and no other mix, then add your own base oil rather than adding that pure oil directly to your bath because it's really no fun to get burned by essential oils. So as an example, you'll have one drop of your essential oil to 10 drops of your base oil. Mix it really well and then add it to your bath. And there you go. Or if that sounds like too much faff, get a premix oil blend. Again, Neil's Yard do a lovely geranium and orange one, which is really nice. Geranium's super at lifting your mood, especially if you're feeling a bit down. Orange too, and quite often the stereotype with orange and things like tangerine and mandarin is that they give you loads of energy, and that's true. However, they're also very relaxing. You know, oils like lavender tend to be the stereotypical oil of relaxation, and it definitely is. However, orange is a really nice alternative and it smells really good mixed with geranium. Now onto flowers. I'm not going to lie, I have a Pinterest board of my lust for decadent baths and bath times and many flowers feature in that. I'll link you up as always in the show notes if you also enjoy bath porn. Does that sound weird? It might sound weird. But anyway, I think my ultimate bath goal is to be in a tub in Mexico or Bali filled with flowers. Not outside for show, but you know, in nature. Yeah. Is it weird that I'm now imagining that meme of the rat washing itself right now? Is that wrong? I don't know. Those who want to see it and haven't been blessed with that image yet, I've got you. Check the show notes or Google it. Apologies to anyone that just felt ill watching it. I found it kind of nice. So I'm going to move on to state shifting idea number three promptly before I start getting a reputation for being that weirdo rat bath person. Technically it's a shower, but anyway. Read something inspiring. Books were my first friends and my faithful buddies. I sleep with them, not like that, but you know, in the bed, I like to touch them. Again, not like that. I mean, 
it is central, of course, right? Because books are, in many ways, like all those verbs and potential for a mind adventure is intoxicating. Information erotica. I can never walk past a bookshop, especially the old smelly second-hand ones. That's my fix. And I really believe that books hold so much power and delight. They have the potential to, at least. In fact, I love books so much that I started a tiny book club where I share my faves. I'm thinking of opening it up in case anyone else is interested. I like the idea of it being a democratic space. We share books, our love for them and ideas about them. So the point to this is a reminder to read inspiring stuff. It helps to shift our state and perspective. Also, with the reading thing, I find it helps to explore books that are designed specifically to help shift a mindset. So I made you a book list of some of my faves for doing this. These are books I dip into when I feel in a fug and need an immediate shift. So I'll link this book list of inspirational faves in the show notes for your bones and feel free to share some of your faves with me. Sharing is caring. So number five on the list of state shifting ideas is tea. How very stereotypical of me. Yep, I'm a tea hound and there's nothing better than blending my own concoctions of tea flavours. I'm into herbs and their uses for healing and I think it stemmed from my grandmother in the Caribbean who used to make me bush tea back in the day. She was a herbalist, as many women are there, using the land to make medicine, a medicine woman. And I really appreciate that, although I grimaced as I drank some of those blends, they always made me feel better, eventually. So those of you who are into making your own blends, a good starting point might be to just do some research on herbs. For those of you who are into making your own blends, do your own research on your herbs and maybe make yourself a little tea ceremony perhaps, alone or with friends. You know I like a ritual. My last episode was all about winter morning rituals which I'll link for you in the show notes. Your tea ritual doesn't have to be anything crazy. It might simply be honouring that time that you're taking to make your tea, to sit down and to enjoy it. Maybe a 15-minute time out with a book or nothing at all, like a candle. Perhaps envision something you want to create or a feeling you want to embody as you pour your tea water and mix in the herbs. And as you drink your tea, imagining you're embodying what you need. I don't know if that sounds too far out, but I truly believe that shifting our state starts from ourselves. Know what I mean? So we need to feel good in order to make any changes or to shift something that we feel ready to move on from. That means we need to take care of ourselves and treat ourselves nicely. And so number six on the list of state shifting ideas is to scream a little. Express yourself. When we're feeling a bit blah, it tends to manifest itself physically. We explored that earlier with bodywork. So expressing this tension can be great for us. We know that. And the voice holds a lot of power and potential. It's a pretty vulnerable place to work with too. So before embarking on it, just a little caution, just to give yourself some space. 
I mean, when I think about it, even doing this podcast and talking into a microphone, it's a pretty vulnerable situation because I'm trying not to cringe as I'm talking, but knowing I have to listen to it back at some point is going to be cringe, but I kind of have to be okay with that. Get close to vulnerability. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, lately, I like holding my hands on my neck and making a mmm sound. I'm going to do it now. Mm. I find it an interesting experiment. You can try it. You could have two hands on your neck anywhere that feels good. You could have one finger maybe just on your Adam's apple. That's such a weird name, isn't it? But you could put one finger just there and even if you talk if it feels weird to do that thing especially if you're in public you could um, actually just do it in public and like grin like a wild person if anyone looks at you funny and then wave that always sorts it out but anyway have a finger perhaps on your Adam's apple and perhaps say a few words and just notice that vibration it's kind of interesting simple and interesting I'm always fascinated by the throat, the centre of energy and the symbolicness of it all. As I mentioned earlier, my word for this year is expression. I was thinking about it in terms of me being a little reserved the last couple of years. In fact, my whole life, I've always been really shy, holding back, doubting my voice, or feeling that everything that could be said has already been said. Is that a bit moody? I guess for a while I was stepping back a little from the noise, not wanting to add more to the conversation. But as a consequence, I felt there was a blockage, resistance, because my insides crave expression, communication, speaking and listening. And if you're interested in the chakras or, in fact, many other studies of energy centres, energy work, You might be familiar with the idea that the neck is a region that represents communication, expression, also speaking and living your truth. And for so many of us, we might get off track with that. And it can happen from a really young age, like if you've ever been told to shut up or to suppress your emotions. Some of us can hold on to that stuff as we grow, perhaps not valuing our voice and what we have to say, perhaps not even thinking that what we have to contribute is valuable. And so we start to experience a bit of tension. You know, the body knows. And usually the body wants to express, to experience and honour its truth. And if we interrupt that by suppressing our expression, we might find that there are consequences. Some ideas suggest that when our energy is blocked around our throat in particular, the physical manifestations might include chronic shyness or a kind of freezing action, stuttering, thyroid issues, issues with the jaw, dental stuff, etc. There are so many ways to heal the area around the throat in particular, including things like breath work, healing breath, literally. So even simply reminding yourself to breathe fully or just to even pause and take a few breaths. Maybe you can do that now. 
also other ways of healing this area around the throat and getting practice and exploring expression might be singing or speaking in safe spaces. So technically screaming could count. In hindsight, I realise I added screaming to this list because it sounded dramatic. And if you haven't noticed, my alter ego, Ethel, lives as a diva, flourishing in 1970-something, wearing embroidered gowns, flouncing around gardens with her many dogs and sheep, living her best life. I think she would also read under trees as Oprah does, harvesting crops, still in said gowns, laughing at the absurdity of life. Like Eartha Kitt in my favourite clip ever, which has been healing for me since my early 20s. I'm going to insert it for your oral pleasure now. Can anyone live with Eartha Kitt? That's not for me to decide. Not for someone who decides to live with me to decide. Not for me. But are you willing to compromise within a relationship? To compromise? What is compromising? Compromising for what? Compromising for what reason? To compromise for what? To compromise. What is compromise? If a man came into your life, wouldn't you want to compromise? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> a man comes into my life and I have to compromise? You must think about that one again. <laughs> a man comes into my life and you have to compromise for what? For what? For what? A relationship is a relationship that has to be earned, not to compromise for. And I love relationships. I think they're fantastic. They're wonderful. I think they're great. I think there's nothing in the world more beautiful than falling in love. But falling in love for the right reason. Falling in love for the right purpose. Falling in love. Falling in love. When you fall in love, what is there to compromise about? Isn't love a union between two people? Or does Eartha fall in love with herself? I think if you were to think about it in terms of analyzing, yes. I fall in love with myself. And I want someone to share it with me. I want someone to share me, with me. Has that happened? is good and it's important, vital and healthy. 
So don't block yourself, babes. And so that leads me to my last suggestion for shifting your state when in a wintry fog. Number seven, talk to someone. Good. It's not for everyone. However, I find what helps me immediately feel a shift is to take the attention off my own feels and focus on someone else. Especially when it comes to supporting someone else for a while, if I'm in a place to do so. Connecting can create intimacy, and we are made to connect with others. Not necessarily loads of people, but a small circle that we feel safe around, that we can trust and lean on when we don't feel so excellent ourselves. Holding space for others and recognising we're all on this crazy journey together, most of the time, is comforting and very human. In the bleak winter days, some human connection and warmth can feel, oh, so good. And for all my introverts out there, a disclaimer that connecting via some kind of social media platform and maybe even talking to an animal account counts as connection if you need it to. I feel you. So my friends, that's it. Seven ideas for you to shift your state during a wintry fog. And I have more. 15 of them. Yeah, but not now. In a blog post. I'll link it for you in the show notes. And as always, you know it, all the stuff I mentioned earlier will be available there for your bones. So do check out ifeelforyoupodcast.com and this is episode six. So over to you. Do you have any ideas for ways to shift your state from wintry fog to winter wonder? Get in touch and let's share ideas because this is a space for all of us to explore and chew and wonder and to support each other. You can reach me on the socials, Dion with seven underscores on Instagram. I'm on Twitter sometimes, that's Dion with just one underscore. And of course, via my website, Dion.space. And if you're wondering how to spell Dion, I'm named after Dion Warwick. That doesn't make it easier, does it? D-I-O-N-N-E. And did you know that I send out a mail that contains loads of inspo and thought nuggets to whoop you on to do well in this life? No? Well, you can find it. It's at dion.space forward slash digest. Yes, like digestion, because I love food. And if you're interested in working with me one-to-one, I'm opening up a couple of new slots for creative coaching real soon. So maybe even check my site for that, dion.space forward slash coaching, to see what that's about. There's two offerings, a short term and a long term. So get in touch if you want to find out more about how I can support you to get clear, focused and in flow with lots of feel good along the way, because that's important. The link for that will be in the show notes too, because there's literally a party going on in there, like audio-visual pleasure hole. That really sounded weird and I feel I need to sign off but first I'll give you the link which is ifeelforyoupodcast.com. I'm really sorry if you're not used to me yet Hmm. but I appreciate you being here so thanks so much for listening and if you dug it please consider subscribing and maybe even giving me a review on iTunes because It really helps other like-minded, good people find the show. So until next time, be well, be warm, and take care of you.